0: Welcome to the August 15th edition of the PFF forecast. We have a fantastic post preseason week one podcast. we're going to talk about um, how not to how to properly react to the preseason uh, in a betting fashion and perhaps uh, how you can bet on preseason week two in a smart fashion as well. some of the takeaways, some of the things to maybe not take away from the preseason. Um, we're going to get into some recommendations I brought the hot sauces that Josh Hermesmeyer recommended a few weeks back. I'm gonna do a taste test on the podcast. Maybe I'll rate them. Maybe my mouth will burn up. Who knows? Let's rock. All right, fresh off preseason week one. By the way, has a has a preseason week one ever felt the way it has felt this year?
1: Uh no. You know, I think you know why though. I think it's because we we had no time to sort of calm between things. So like the NHL finals were like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, right? The NBA finals were just like a couple weeks ago. Premier League started this week. Um, like, we've, we haven't we have had the sports abyss the way that we've had it in other years. And so I think we were all just, like, primed. Like, the pump has been primed for preseason football. You think that's why it is? I, I think it's I'm going to go
0: ahead and tell you why it is. Why? It was because last year, I'm not sure if you heard, there was a pandemic. And um, we didn't have preseason football. And we didn't have fans in the stands. And this year, there is preseason sure, football. Sure, of course
1: it's different than last and year. And there I'm are fans saying, in the you know. stands.
0: And here's the biggest reason. The number one reason that the preseason is exciting this year is there are like six to seven quarterbacks that people are dying to evaluate. And we didn't get to evaluate
1: in rookies last year. Yeah, that, that is actually true. That is pretty true. Um, and also maybe the betting opportunities. Well, and that was something I think the, the funniest thing is all the people virtue signaling on Twitter about how much, of a, how much of a fucking loser or degenerate you are if you bet on the preseason. I'm going to tell you right now only about 1% to 2% of people are going to make money betting the NFL regular season, that number's higher than the preseason because there are just some rules that you can bet that will make you money. And like, if you're not, will- if you're not willing to pick up that money off the floor, okay. The The biggest, uh, the one that I think is getting a
0: lot of notoriety mm-hmm. is Unders. Unders did incredibly well. but 14-3, I think, so far. Yeah, but there's a way I think there's another step that you can take to further your your bounty, right? If you're thinking about are there really underdogs and favorites in these games and maybe you can take advantage of a couple of extra points in those
1: situations? Well, I mean the fact of the matter is is you can like so Bengals, Bucks Bank Bucks were six-point favorites in that game somehow. Um, but like that was a one-score game. chiefs Niners a one-score game. Chargers-Rams was a one-score game. Colts-Panthers was a one-score game. One game. Jets-Giants. Giants got through the back door with the teaser there. Um, Ravens-Saints. Um, Cowboys-Cardinals. Bears-Dolphins. Bills-Lions were all one-score games. Um, as well as Eagles-Steelers uh, and Patriots. Patriots football team was nine. But, like... If you are getting there are, there are there were a number of games this week where somebody was favored by two and a half. Mm-hmm. If you are not teasing that to eight and a half with a total of thirty-five, you are insane. Like you are never going it is a blast from the past. You are never going to get that kind of like you will get two and a half in the regular season, but they're gonna be they're gonna be with a total of fifty and you're losing a percent or two, not a percent or two, but like and per each bet, so it magnifies. Like there are unders are great. Don't get me wrong. Not not every under would have hit, but you know the 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 underdog teaser in, in this uh you know in this world um you know fairly solid the under underdog teaser even the under <laughs> underdog if you only have the a standalone game um if you only have a standalone game like that that's that's what I did today um you should not tease um totals in general just because there's not enough points, points. Are not worth as much exactly. Right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of opportunity there. There's a, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a DFS in NFL, like, expert, So I'm not going to speak to this, but there are a lot of people who do DFS on preseason. They, they find it fun as well. Um, there's a ton of opportunities, and I think people are just growing in their appreciation for it, and it's easier to beat. Like, that's why it's fun. That's why the XFL was fun. That's why the AF was fun. Like, the, you know, the NFL, if you're betting an NFL side at noon on a Sunday, you're going to lose long-term like you know whereas now you have like this is this is this can get your muscles primed a little bit this can get you um uh this can get you some fun early on muscles primed now I'm excited big guys got to eat somehow
0: all right before we get to the quarterback evaluations for the rookies which is going to be a lot of fun um if you want to know how well they played you need a PFF subscription Mm -hmm. Uh, all the PFF grading for all these guys in the preseason I might add Plus snap counts for all these players you can find out who's playing when and where they're playing. It's super valuable whether you're Playing fantasy whether you're betting Um, All available at pff.com you can get it for as low as $9.99 a month with pff edge And that includes every single premium uh, article content piece of article content on the website all the fantasy all the betting all the draft content that you love Plus the PFF Fantasy Football Draft Guide, the rankings and projections for fantasy, which are always updated um, throughout the week. Dwayne McFarland, Ian Harditz, Ben Brown, Nathan Yonke, uh Andrew Erickson, a whole host of um, fantastic rankers there for you to check out. Um, plus PFF projections, of course, uh, and cheat sheets, all the stuff you need. Now, that's the fantasy side. But you're going to want to make sure, go get an Elite subscription player props tool the betting dashboards the dfs optimizer be worth your time go to
1: pff.com check all that stuff out also you have a fantasy draft tomorrow i do i'm in the uh i'm in this like 100 i don't know if it's 100 person but it's like a a college fantasy football league Uh with uh some people in the industry i think ian harditz is in it too my draft my auction tomorrow is tomorrow Uh, what site is it on it's on uh, fan tracks. Uh, or silently our kill your
0: competition. Uh, multi-team trades, player salaries. It's like a, it's options. infectious. I'm excited for you to talk about it because I am. I'm pivoting at least one of my leagues to fan tracks. Uh, it's very exciting. Go to pff.com. No, sorry. Go to fantracks.com/pff and uh, sign up there. And if you do, you'll get a chance to win an expenses-paid trip to a game this year which is a bananas type of of win plus six thousand dollars of spending money to bet on the game um i don't know why you wouldn't do that fantrax.com slash pff promo code it just reminds PFF.
1: me of the time you you took the teaser with the niners and we were in the, the at the last minute in in miami mm-hmm. i feel like we do this i i would do the same thing again though
0: yep i i wouldn't change a thing although maybe i would have dove for the ball if i were manual sanders no. Yeah. here nor there.
1: I would have just like I would if I would have just like fallen over if I was Damian Williams. That would have been also. Awesome. If you
0: are betting on things this weekend, there's obviously the preseason, you should go to DraftKings Sportsbook to do so. But also the Pacquiao Ugas fight is this weekend. Um and DraftKings obviously has you covered there. Um one dollar on either fighter. And if they land a punch during the fight, you will win a hundred dollars. So it's a hundred dollars of free bets. And then you can go bet them on preseason games. Has
1: there been any sports league, George, that has won over the hearts and minds of the degenerates more than MMA? But I feel like obviously they, they did it during the pandemic, right? But they're also like the perfect like heat check at two in the morning when it's that last fight mm-hmm. and it's Saturday night and you're not you're not asleep yet. You just like throw club. a little on the fa- on the favor of the dog, and you know I feel yeah. like. Yeah, should That's the good. NFL institute something like that? Uh, a fight in the middle of the night on well, like, Saturday? Like a yeah, game at like it. I feel like if they had Monday night, if they had the Monday night doubleheader, that would the second game would serve as that.
0: No one wants to like, stay up and watch. This is the when the worst thing about preseason football they start games at 10 p.m. You cannot. Thou shalt not start an NFL game at 10 p.m. Eastern. Thou shalt not. You want to do something that. Makes sense on Saturday night. Announce the in- announce the players that are playing. Have Rapport and and, and Schefter announce the players that have been ruled out at midnight. We,
1: and we didn't even realize this, but like. The, this is this is a, another point of preseason, by the way, use our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, but like Courtney Cronin tweeted out like all the Vikings players that were out and Denver minus one first half was available for 15 minutes after that. That's why use our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook to bet the preseason. The code is PFF, turn $1 into
0: $100 and $100 into many, many more hundreds of dollars.
1: You must be 20 or older. New Jersey,
0: Indiana, Pennsylvania. Your only new customers are the ones that are available. Uh, applicable restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gaming problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's, so let's let's dive in to the, the games and talk. Uh, we, I think we got to start with the rookie quarterbacks, right? Um, so you saw Mac Jones first, and then we had the other four, uh, plus Jordan Love, who's like a pseudo yep. rookie because he literally didn't even put on a uniform last year. Yeah, so I like had um, Kyle Lalletta just. Kyle Oletta, yeah. For the old-timers. We also had Nathan Peterman and Chris Strebler. And Nathan Peterman literally played, like, the whole fucking game. Was a what incredible. a legend. He had 47 dropbacks. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. Nathan Peterman and John Gruden was out there just, like, throwing him into the fire. We also had the Denver Broncos play a game in the preseason as if it was a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. against the second and third string vikings and that was incredible um but but let's start with the rookies and we'll parlay this into a conversation about offensive rookie of the year odds and then some defensive rookie of the year odds because i have i have some takes here um and they're probably not what everyone expects which is just going to be me praising trey lance as the second coming of jesus christ i'll let you go first big takeaways
1: from the rookies uh, well, my big takeaway from the rookies is that statistics and small sample sizes are never going to satisfy people. So, you know, when you look at the things that our grading system would value, like, I don't think anybody would would say Mac Jones performance made you reevaluate him in relation to justin fields right even though his pff grade was better and i can tell you exactly why his pff grade was better because he got rid of the ball quickly he was throwing the ball into some windows that were you know not necessarily as open um and justin fields had some negative plays right he had fumbles he had um you know some errant throws at the beginning his touchdown pass to jesse james was wide open so we're not like you know i could have made that throw like we're not we're but But so so when you look at the grades, right? And you're like, oh, look, Mac Jones graded the best out of them. Trey Lance graded the, I think, worst out of them. Like, that's just a snapshot into a lot of things, and I wouldn't overreact to that. It's really why and I and look, you don't have to watch the games, but it's why you have to either watch the games and or have models to to really you know use the plethora of data that's at your disposal to come up with a prediction for somebody because otherwise you're going to say oh Mac Jones is the best of these guys which is clearly not in my opinion true um but but the but it does give you a snapshot into um some of the things that are being optimized um so i i i don't think any of the quarterbacks i watched them and said oh my god this guy can't play that that was a that that's my biggest takeaway no matter what the grades were I looked at all of them, including Jordan Love, and thought, oh, that was kind of nice. You make a really good point. The guys
0: that, when you look at PFF grades today or tomorrow, whenever you're looking at them, they, in a small sample, are going to correlate really well with one thing, turnover-worthy really plays. And um, there were certainly, Trey Lance had the most, and he had three. Um, Justin Fields, I believe, had two. He had one um, really bad throw and one fumble. Uh, that was pretty bad as well. And as you said, in a small sample, I mean, you're just going to kill I mean, these guys had like anywhere from 10 to 25 dropbacks. Like, you know, those things are going to be super unstable. So what I was looking for um, was something thematic about the way they played the game that either gave me, you know, hope or maybe just like tempered my expectations a little bit. Um, And I had a few things that, that, that came to mind. I actually thought Kyle Trask played decently well. Like threw the ball nicely, um, which probably isn't super surprising. Um, let me start Let me start with um, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, because to me, they both fell into a similar category. Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, I mean, Zach Wilson had 10 dropbacks, okay? They ran play action on like a third of them, and he threw the ball an average of like 5.9 yards down the field. If you're looking at the fact that he had an almost 80 PFF passing grade and going like, oh, thank God. You've done nothing. You've seen nothing really about Zach Wilson at this point. What I was encouraged by was what to me feels like a coaching staff that knows what the fuck they're doing, and like they said, look, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna put you out here and have you, you know, put the team on your shoulders and try and win a Super Bowl here. Want you get some reps. Want you to, you know, run some outside zone, get some handoffs, run some play action. Like mm-hmm. those things, I thought that was really exciting from the Jets coaching staff he got the ball out quicker than any other um quarterback and i think that he only threw
1: one pass over 10 yards in the air yep. and it was in the middle of the field which you do like to see
0: and, and here's the thing like he's going to throw the ball downfield i'm not worried about that um but that they have an offense which is going to get the ball out quickly i think is going to leverage a lot
1: of strengths for him do, did we miss did we miss this a little bit when we did the evaluations because i thought like I'm, I'm a big Wilson fan. Our numbers like like him the most. Mm-hmm. Let's I'll just be upfront about that. But did we miss the the fact that we look at we looked at that 49ers position as the coveted one if you want to get the most out of the player's ability? And I still think that's true. Is the gap between them and the Jets closer? Given the connections between LaFleur and Shanahan. We know Shan we know Shanahan's the guy that does, it, you know, but he's on the tree, and we've seen LaFleur have success. We've seen yeah. Arthur Smith have success. We've seen guys on that tree have success. And because you look at that team, Corey Davis isn't bad. Uh, you know, Elijah Moore's healthy, he's gonna be fine. They have Mikhaye Becton's a first round pick, Elijah Vera Tucker's a first round pick. Have we and that division actually is not very good in my opinion, other than the Bills, and the Bills defense isn't that good. Have we have we underrated how cushy that situation no. like because we always say, oh, I, it's the I, fucking I was, I goddamn kept, Jets. I That's kept, all we'll say. Right? I kept
0: waiting for you to end that point so I could ask you which crystal meth depot you stop by on the way <laughs> over here. Um no, and this leads in perfectly to my Trey Lance valuation. Um, everyone had an absolute like a social media orgasm all at once when he let that 80 yard throw go I think it traveled like 50 some yards in the air it was a phenomenal pass it was a fantastically schemed play Um, and my takeaway from the Niners is I think this is going to surprise some people my takeaway from watching Trey Lance and the Niners is this Trey Lance is absolutely right now the quarterback that you should play if you're the 49ers and it's not even close. And this is what I said when they drafted him, which is if it's not very clear that he should be the best, that he's the best quarterback on that team by week one, then you fucked up that pick. Okay. And I think it was really fucking yeah. clear.
1: By the way, did you listen to the 49ers broadcast him, Ryan? Like they are, they're on the take that, that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo yes. is, is ready to take his spot among one of the best quarterbacks. Yes. in football. like they're, okay. The propaganda yes. machine is let thick. Me,
0: so let me continue. Having watched Trey Lance play that game, though, I I really think that the Niners should give Garoppolo a couple of starts. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Okay. okay? So Trey Lance played that game like he was playing Madden. This dude, like, was just out here slinging it. And I love it, okay? Yeah, he didn't get fuck. I absolutely love it. But this dude, I mean, he was, he could not have, he was playing free and loose. And I think if you play the whole season, I think there's a good chance that he figures it out along the way. But I would make a statement to him, which is like, look, dude, you have a set of physical tools that maybe no one in the league can match outside of maybe two or three guys. You can be really, really, really freaking good, but I want to impress upon you how important it is yep. not to be an idiot. Um, I'll also say this Trey Lance had three passes dropped, mm-hmm. and the 49ers offensive line that he played behind had a 30,
1: like, eight. Chris EFF Jones, like, teabagged that right, t- like right yeah. guard on that one. He actually got drive. rid
0: of the ball relatively quickly. His time to throw was 2.7 seconds, 2.68 seconds and the set sa- he took i think it was four sacks here and i went back and re-watched those sacks and like it wasn't in comparison to justin fields who we're gonna talk about here in a second trey lance was not holding on to the ball for an extraordinarily yeah. long amount of time on those sacks it was his guys were getting blown up now does he need to do a better job of like one of them was a blitz and I you know maybe he could have picked that up or whatever it is um yes but i wouldn't I'm not like overly concerned about those. The things.
1: secondary receivers for the Niners are also not that good. Correct. And, and the chief, and I'll I'll say this: the Chiefs don't have an elite defense. And
0: and Brandon Ayuk had like one of the
1: worst yeah, drops yeah, yeah, you'll yeah, ever see. Yeah, yeah, he 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 uh, spiked that ball. But the other thing is, like I'll say this: like the Chiefs actually they don't have an elite defense, but they actually have fairly good depth, and they're like not a bad group. Like so that was not like a cakewalk in your first starts. I also thought that there were some passes. Like, I, I actually thought the Chiefs, other than the, they had their undrafted safety got beat on the first touchdown. Like, I felt like they covered well and Lance had, like, not great windows to throw to. And they were windows that, like, if you had a starting caliber receiver, like, you catch some of them. I, I thought he looked lively. I thought he looked comfortable in the pocket. I I'm, I disagree with you, though. I think they should, like, look, when you look at the Chiefs, ske- or sorry, the, the 49ers' schedule. When do you start him? Because you go to Detroit. I mean, then you go to Philly. Then then you have Packers, Seahawks. And then you go to Arizona. Like, I feel like you, if you want him to take, l- like, and I don't even know if he takes lumps. Some guys don't even take lumps at the beginning. But like, don't you, you want him starting by like week five, don't you? Yeah. I So mean, like, if you, but part, are you going to start him against the Packers in his yeah, first start with the not? Seahawks? At home?
0: Okay. I would, so I would, I mean, I don't think it matters that much, to be perfectly honest yeah. with you. And I think there's a pretty decent shot that he starts week one. I really, I really think that they're just trying to set up a Garoppolo trade. I mean,
1: yeah. Well, and, and the they other, gave, th-
0: they gave Trey Lance 30 plays. Yeah. No, they were, they were really. What, what do you make of that? Cause I, when I see 30 plays, I go, Okay, they really wanted to see well, something.
1: Okay, but let's 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 look at it from their perspective because because here's the here's the rub, right? After week two, the Niners might be two and 2 and zero on the road, favorites to win the NFC, and Garoppolo might play extraordinary against those two teams, right? Mm-hmm. And and that would and then if that happens, how long until you start Trey Lance? It's going to be for free. It might be Thanksgiving by the time you start Lance. If that's the beginning, <sighs> right? And I think the Mm. the Niners see this and they gave Lance 30 dropbacks to give the public what they saw, which was he's an amazing talent, but it wasn't like he went 13 to 14 for 200 yards and three touchdowns. He went five for 14. And yes, there were some drops and there was an amazing, a few great plays there. So there was, I think, some excellent throws, some of them that didn't make it, but there was turnover worthy plays too. And in my opinion, I do wonder if the Niners null no, is is kind of what I've said the whole offseason which is Jimmy Garoppolo when he is healthy has never not won with the 49ers and they might be a little bit old school and saying this is our last Jimmy year look at and again I hate doing this but it's exact I think it's how some people think Look at Kansas City. We got They got the best year they got ever out of Alex Smith, and they were able to get a third-round pick and a starting defensive player out of him. If you're the 49ers, you don't have first-round picks for the next two years. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is your best chance of getting a high-end nine. Oh, you You're non- right. Yeah. That's, I mean, a- and I so agree with
0: you, but why— I think that they are. That's exactly what they're doing. I mean, I tweeted. But do this. they think? Do <laughs> they think it's a like,
1: whole season's worth of play that has to elicit? Maybe, that? maybe. But that's what they think, probably, right? I mean, and if so, that's tough because
0: if you waste a year and you a year to, paid and a lot paying, more for it than and most teams, paying did.
1: Jimmy G, yeah. Well, but not only that, but you paid more. Like at some point, Lance becomes. Cost, he's not cost neutral yet, but at some point he becomes cost right, neutral right, right. because you paid so many first round picks and you dumped away one of the first one. Because we had this discussion about Jordan Love off air, which is like if the moment Jordan Love plays and looks like a starting NFL quarterback, they are not getting some middle of the pack Blake Bortles deal for him. They're either getting a Mitch Trubisky deal with a different team or you're giving him a starting NFL quarterback deal. The same thing's true for Lance. There is no benefit financially of hanging on like letting him sit on the bench unless he can't play, unless he doesn't give your team the best chance to win, which which is why I'm saying though, that the only rational thing that you could do and I'm not I actually have no
0: problem with just saying, "Look, Trey Lance is already better. Let's start him week 1." But I would try to extract every ounce of value from Jimmy G that I could. And think about how much people edge out over this preseason, okay? Imagine if Jimmy G goes out and plays really well. Remember when he played really well for four games with the Niners and we gave him that deal? We, by the way. Um, (laughs) I was here. I was there. If he goes out and he plays well in two games against really bad teams in the Eagles and the the Lions to start the season, is Houston not going like, okay, here's our first round pick?
1: We can't always always rely on Houston to be the mark, though. Why not? Well, because Houston Houston still – Houston still think – well, for one, they're not trading high draft picks because they just – like, if there's any rationality there, if I'm David Culley, I'm like, look, man, I'll take this job. I know it's a lemon, but, like, you have to at least let me have one first-round pick. You know, like – I don't know if he has that pull. Uh, maybe. But, like, I I I think – here's my opinion. I think the further away we get from week, the final week of the preseason – Or the closer we get to it the the less of a chance jimmy g is being traded this calendar year i think i think the most if unless he gets traded and there's no right now like it looks like indianapolis is just going to roll with who they got Mm. um the other who's the other team houston's going to just going to roll with tyrod taylor um unless somebody gets hurt in the next like two weeks i think the most likely course of action is that jimmy g gets traded in january like much like you know alex smith did and so, uh, that's that's what I, I think you have to wonder against because again, if you don't start Lance Week One, it's the same thing. Look at the and again, we I hate bringing this part up, but the the 2017 Chiefs, you and I thought they should have started Mahomes at some point, and the problem was they started that season five and zero right then they then they 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 sucked for a while sucked yeah and they got to 500 and then there was like that was the time and then even then there was so much like alex was playing so well relative to expectations that it's just like it's so hard to overcome that inertia right and like i'm not saying that's going to be the case for the niners but the niners are the easiest schedule in the nfl like where are the hiccups on the niners schedule i'm just
0: going to say this though you the the chiefs traded up i know they did okay but The Niners trade up to fucking three, man. And here's the last thing I'll say about this. I thought the 80-yard touchdown was both something that people are overreacting to and maybe underreacting to. Here's why I'll say that. That throw was exactly why it doesn't really matter that he might be a little more turnover-worthy prone at the start than Jimmy G. By the way, a little, because it's not like Jimmy G. is a saint with the football. Go watch it. <laughs> go watch this dude throw to, to linebackers over the middle of the football field. Like his turnover-worthy play rate is not top. it is not like eighty-fifth percentile or yeah. anywhere near it. Um, you can go find out on PFF.com, by the way. Um, but that throw is a throw that Jimmy G. Ain't making. and Trey Lance is. Yeah. And he averaged nine point one yards per attempt. With three drop passes, you win in this league because of the big play. I, Kyle Shanahan knows that, and that's why Trey Lance is going to start this year. Yeah, at some point. Um,
1: I, I like I said, like I said, I think, I think it's going to be really awkward for them. I mean, look, you're in a good position if you're a Niners fan. I just, I just am a little worried uh, about about GBG like, like, playing the whole season. Yeah, but like when it comes, like when does it happen? You know, neither the day nor the hour. Yes. Justin Fields. Stop.
0: Okay. Um, he was the first guy to come out and because uh, they played at, was it 1 o'clock? Um, and the first few drives were not inspiring by Justin Fields. And then, you know, the second half comes around, and I think a little bit of the pressure, you know, wears off a little bit, and he starts to kind of figure it out. I I think we should temper our expectations a little bit. He held onto the ball very, for a very long time, almost 3.8 seconds was his average time to throw, by far the highest of any of the quarterbacks in this week and something that we saw at Ohio State. Now, in this game, he was able to make a lot of plays with his legs. He did not take any sacks. I would really worry about that in an actual NFL game, certainly against a team like the Rams, for example. However, if you're going to make the claim that he shouldn't be starting over Andy Dalton, you are on crack cocaine.
1: I and here's the thing I don't get. Okay, you you know what you know the play that Joe Burrow got hurt on mm-hmm. was two point five seconds in the pocket. It wasn't like, and it was a guard that got thrown into him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like this. This play that was characteristic of not having a great O line. It was a fluky ass play against the Washington football team, which, by the way, was like week what eight, nine in the season. I, if I have to see one person say, "Look, I'd love to see him start week one," but against anybody but the Rams, I, it's just like fundamentally misunderstanding where injuries come from, and like, and the fact of the matter is like. The Bears' schedule is not easy at all. We're talking about a top-five schedule in football, difficulty-wise. And you're just going to dump one of the games early on because you're afraid that this guy that you have for four years with a fifth-year option is going to get injured in his first game? Come on. Oh, no, I I don't think (laughs) – No, but that's what people – if you read on there – I try not to read things on Twitter. But but that is part of the –
0: that has been part – I'm I'm simply saying that I would expect – I would expect it to be a little bit of a tougher road if you hold on the ball for 3.7 seconds. Yeah. In against a real NFL defense.
1: Yeah, but I but I what's the alternative to me though is The alternative you, is getting blown
0: up because you, you play Andy Dalton.
1: Yeah, Andy Dalton out there skittish, throwing the ball looking like Nick Foles. Like the if you watch that Monday Night Football game between the Rams and the Bears last year, it was the worst display of offensive football all season. Mm-hmm. And at least with at least with um, Justin Fields, you have a chance, and I think the Rams' defense, by the way, is going to is a little overrated right now. Like you lose Johnson, you lose uh, Troy Hill, uh, you don't have great linebackers to speak Brandon of. Staley. You lose Brandon Staley. You paid sixteen million dollars to Leonard Floyd, who's not all that good, and and you have I, and the Bears' offensive line. I don't think and they got Trent or not Trent Wow uh, Jason, Jason Peters. Peters. Like you have to play him right away. And you have to and you have to rein him in a little bit, but ultimately like how how if you're Matt Nagy do you play a whole season with Andy Dalton and keep your job? You, you I, I you cannot. can't. You and, and so like, he's, what's he's the difference between point. what's the difference between playing in week one and playing him week three after you're 0 two? There, there shouldn't be. It's only that he gets fewer reps. I, I thought that um
0: I think one of the takeaways I have from watching Justin Fields and Trey Lance play is that they, I would not be surprised if both of them have seasons where their PFF grade might not look great, but they make a ton of big plays for the team and are ultimately successful. I think it's actually similar to Deshaun Watson's rookie year.
1: Yeah, where, or like
0: Andrew Luck. Or Andrew Luck, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's something that that you know, we'll learn as the season goes on. But both of those guys, this is a no-brainer. If you want the best chance to win a football game and you're the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields is your guy, and it's not close um, between him and Andy Dalton. Let, so let's look at the offensive rookie of the year odds right now. Trevor Lawrence, who we have yet to talk about, three to one. Justin Fields plus 650. Trey Lance is seven to one. Najee Harris, eight to one. Kyle Pitts is nine to one. And here is currently my favorite bet: Zach Wilson at 10 to 1. Because my takeaway was not. It wasn't spl- splash plays in the preseason. It's like, okay, whatever. What I was impressed with was the structure that they have there. I think that offense is going to put him in a chance, in, in a place to make a lot of plays. Um, and in New York, he's going to get plenty of attention. Uh, he's 10 to 1. That's probably my favorite bet right now. Mac Jones is also 10 to 1. Jamar Chase is 10 to 1. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, 18 to 1. So is Javante Williams and Travis Etienne.
1: Trey Sermon is still 35 to 1. It's different in other places, but like he got the start. I know most Most was out, but like Trey Sermon got the start. He got the passing down stuff. He looked good. That's one where you look at that offense, and if you want to hedge against the Trey Lance thing, you could go with him. Um, Elijah Moore, Michael Michael Carter, also two guys that in that Jets offense could have could get some run. Um, I don't know how you can buy into any of these wide receivers right now, right? Like, Chase plays for the Bengals, and it doesn't sound great for them, although you could fade that narrative a little bit. Smith plays for the Eagles, and they're going to stink. Waddle has not looked, like, healthy at the beginning of camp. Like, he still has that gate issue. So, like, those three guys, I don't think you can really touch. Kadarius Tony's playing for Jason Garrett. I don't think that's going to ever happen. Um, Bateman's injured. So, like, at this point, it's, like, Kyle Pitts or one of the quarterbacks. And the fact that you're getting a better price on one of the quarterbacks than a tight end, uh, I think you have to take that quarterback. Well, here's
0: what I, how I looked at it. I thought Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, there, it was kind of nondescript as well. But what I took away from watching Lawrence and watching Wilson was I have a lot more faith in the Jets offense than I do the Jags offense. Um, the Tim Tebow failed attempt at a block, notwithstanding. Um, the Jets, uh, look, the Jags do have top 100 running back James Robinson. The problem is that um, they drafted a running back in the first round.
1: For some Why do you have to dig him like that? He didn't deserve that. He didn't like go. You know, he didn't. He didn't campaign for that. I mean, so when you <laughs> like the fact that Lawrence is three to one
0: and Zach Wilson is ten to one, I think is a is a pretty drastic mispricing. Um, Lawrence actually, you know, he had one nice throw. It, it was not. It wasn't fantastic elsewhere. As as we said, we talked about this. Like, if you don't have a turner worthy play. Then your grade's gonna look decent. If you did, your grade's gonna look bad in a small sample. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, Lance and Fields, I think, are getting a little too much juice given that there's a good chance they don't play the full complement of games, whereas Zach Wilson is the only guy there in New York. Um, defense rookie of the year odds. Let's do this quickly. Michael Parsons, 5 to 1. Jamin Davis, plus 750. Quitty pay, 10 to 1. So is Jalen Phillips. Uh, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa. Zavin Collins, Patrick Sertan II, J.C. Horn are fourteen to one. Jason Away, Aziz Ojalari sixteen to one. Gregory Rousseau, Nick Bolton twenty to one. As is Christian Barmore and Trayvon Mooring or Merrig, uh, Carlos Basham Jr., Peyton Turner, Craig Newsom II, Caleb Farley twenty-five to one. The list goes on. The ta-da, beat goes on. Ta da! Da uh, Here's my favorite one so far. Joe Tryon, 35 to 1. Um, first round pick yeah. of the Tampa Bay Bucks. So that means he's going to be on TV a lot. That also means if he plays well, guess who social media is going to talk about him? Tom Brady. He has the yeah. benefit of being a guy that they want to play, a very good team. And when he is rushing the passer, He's gonna have other guys on the other side of him that are gonna get attention. Also, like one minutes. of
1: the worst, if not the worst, uh, schedules of opposing quarterbacks, um, and and a, a, a schedule full of teams that aren't very good either. Meaning that there might there's a lot of opportunity to rush the passer as a second stringer. He could come in. At the end of games and get sacks. Like I, I don't. He's going to play, man. I don't hate that. He is going to um, play like meaningful stuff. I'll just say this: if you if you take Parsons Davis, pe- if you take any of these people that are twenty one or you're, less, you're a peasant. Like you just you just don't get it. I, I will
0: say this once again: Micah Parsons. I have, I have nothing against the guy personally. I don't. Even, I'm not going to get into like the off field stuff. His persona in Hard Knocks is one of the cr- most cringy things on the planet that cannot age well. I can't wait for Hard Knocks part two. By the way, I'm having so much fun psychoanalyzing the Cowboys. I'm off on the Cowboys as of right now. Dak and McCarthy not on the same page. Micah Carson's out. The, Micah Carson's out good to lunch. God. Not not good.
1: Um, My favorite
0: Cowboy right now is C. Elliott.
1: The worst number, by the way, of these is Chaz <laughs> Surratt, forty to one. Like the Vikings fifth linebacker, somehow. I knew you had to 40, bring, 40 had to, bring to one him here. I, I like the. I, I actually will never put a dime on any of these because I just don't. But the, the try on one is one where if I if I thought, you know, if, if, I still don't know if that's like good value, but it's probably the best value among these.
0: I'm a finder of value. I actually really like that one. I, I bet that one. And I did sprinkle a little bit because I didn't have any on Zach Wilson. Um, I do like him at ten. Sprinkle solid. Uh, so we want to talk about a couple of other things, but I did notice this. Remember we talked about week one lines uh-huh. last week. Tampa Bay six and a half now.
1: Uh, that that is not because I moved it. I'm just letting you guys know,
0: letting the people know. Yeah. it's now six and a half. So go get your teaser it's money. It's not in. that
1: much different though than. So I got minus seven at minus one oh five, hmm. minus six and a half, minus one fifteen. There is obviously the index there being what it is. Um interesting that, de- that the Niners are now only minus seven. Jets are four and a half. Like, I look, I don't unless PJ Walker's playing, like I don't why yeah. why is Darnold not, not playing? Like, why is Sam Darnold not playing? What has he deserved in Sam Darnold has been nothing but
0: Apps just complete butt cheeks for his career, yeah. and they're like, "No, no, we can't yeah, play we him. Can't, preseason, week one. we to Wrap him in a
1: plastic glass. Heaven plexiglass. forbid, heaven
0: forbid, he plays poorly again, and then we yeah. have to actually find a real quarterback. God, sp- that would suck. can somebody? Can you can we es- go back to the draft and take Justin Fields? Yeah.
1: Can you explain to me again why the Giants are underdogs at home in Week One against I, the Broncos? I can't. I can't. And it's it's one and a half. And I hope
0: I hope that people are all over the Broncos after beating up on the third string of the Minnesota Vikings. The Broncos came out and played that game like it was the Super Bowl for them. And good for them. They they beat the Vikings. The Vikings looked like they couldn't have beaten our flag football team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it looked bad. I mean, and and interestingly, Zimmer was just so livid after the game. Good. Like, uh, but yeah, that that one that the the week one bet that I'm the most nervous about is Minnesota. Minnesota's minus two hundred. I have like I, I think the Vikings Bengals might be one of the worst week one games. Like just two teams that are like pillow fighting for, you know, Eagles Falcons also um, in the running for that week one.
0: I'm going to, I'm rolling over all my preseason winnings, by the way, to week one. So we're going to have a glorious week one. I I encourage all of you out there to do the same. Uh, we did want to hit one, one other thing here, which you brought up. And I thought it was very interesting, which is the concept of investing in a backup quarterback. Mm hmm. Um, now we saw a lot of backup quarterbacks play this week. Um I thought <laughs> I thought uh, PJ Walker, Philip Walker, was maybe the most impressive. Um, I think there's a good chance he's just better than Sam Donald, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, but um, give us give
1: us your take there. Well, PJ Walker, I think, is a perfect example of the current state of the league. So this was Emory Hunt's tweet. He said, you know, uh, not breaking any ground here, but teams he need to invest in backup quarterbacks and. I actually, like, don't know if that's true. Like, the league has done things that have made it extremely negative EV to pump. And I, I wrote an article on this site a couple, you know, last year, 15 months ago or so. The league has done a lot of things that have made investing anything more than, like, two to four million dollars on a backup quarterback a negative EV move, right? So, like, Marcus Mariota, great football player good backup quarterback but significant like when you his cap hit was like what like seven eight nine million Mm -hmm. last year Mm -hmm. like and would have been nice to the Raiders to have an extra defensive player at some point on the team yeah and you look field but even but think about this. so 2011 because I'm a big fan of like historical quarterbacks you look at some of these teams that have made the Super Bowl in recent seasons right like um you know the the let's just go back to the last time the Niners won Stan Humphries quarterback the Chargers he was a third string quarterback for Washington when they won the Super Bowl previously um you look at uh uh you look at for example the the 1999 St. Louis Rams like Kurt Warner was a third string quarterback at one point a developmental player um you look at uh Tom Brady was a third string quarterback as a rookie a sixth round pick a guy that might not have even made the team in New England under current conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake DeLome. Uh, Rich Gannon was a third-string quarterback for the yeah. Vikings for a long Kurt time. Ex- exactly. Uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck was a third-string quarterback for the Packers. And the Packers have a ton of them. Mark Brunel, all those guys. But in 2011, you know, so it used to be a, a, a rule that you had seven inactive players and your eighth inactive player, you could designate as a player that would dress for the game but only play in the fourth quarter or if your first two quarterbacks got hurt and then your other two quarterbacks mm-hmm. were ineligible mm-hmm. to go in the game. In in the tw- 2011 CBA, they, uh, they eliminated that and said that player can be anybody and they can play the whole game. Well, some teams just like didn't dress their third quarterback and that was fine. And a lot of teams responded by only rostering two quarterbacks and putting a third guy in the practice squad. Right. Well, what does the third guy on the practice squad hurt you as? Well, for one, he's available to any team to sign, right? So there was a season in 2014 where Case Keenum started the year on Houston, got cut, spent the entire season with the St. Louis Rams. And then when Houston lost all their quarterbacks and needed a guy to play for a chance to get in the playoffs, they signed Keenum to start two more games. Right, so you're on what? How many offensive schemes that year? At least two. Mm-hmm. Ryan Lindley that season literally started a playoff game for the Cardinals after being on the San Diego Charger practice squad the whole year. Like, is that conducive to maturing as a quarterback when you're constantly flopping back and forth? No. But being on the practice squad grants you that type of insecurity and that type of volatility. The other thing that the 2011 CBA did was it made going back to the well and drafting a really highly regarded quarterback extremely inexpensive. So back in the day, getting Brad Johnson, Super Bowl winner, and having him sit on the bench for five years before he even takes an NFL snap is a probably a good insurance policy to being bad and then having to pay Sam Bradford 50 million guaranteed right mm-hmm. out of the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. The, when that guy is now making 10 million APY, like what's the point, right? right. What's the point? And then lastly, and I think this is underrated, but and this just happened last year. There's only one buy. So if you're an amazing team, like let's say you're 20 2019 Kansas City, Matt Moore went one and one and two starts, and they ended up with the two C. They ended up with a buy, and this, so his one win was instrumental in helping them get the Super Bowl. That. If your quarterback gets hurt now and he's out for three games, you're just not getting the buy. Statistically speaking, you're not the best team. Like you have such a harder chance of that quarterback salvaging your season and and you're just as likely to do what the Tampa Bay did, which is like run your way through a bunch of a bunch of road games, right? Like it's not all that much. Certainly it's different to play home games, right? But the two seed. Like, you just have half as many buys. So even in the situation where your quarterback gets hurt for just a couple games, and that guy can come in and go one and two, if you lose two games in a three-game stretch, you're not getting the one seed. Right. So it like, doesn't even matter. I I feel like we... We either need to change the rules of the league to make it to make it more important to get backups, or we need to just accept the fact that backup quarterbacks in the NFL are going to be ass, and that's fine. And these August games are fun to bet on and everything, but we shouldn't get all moralizing about you know when when the Chad Hennies of the world look like shit. I that that I don't know. It just seems weird that we we watch this and we complain about the quarterback play, and it's like, but the league is the reason why the quarterback play is this way.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I wouldn't... um, I also think it's hard to put it on the quarterbacks. Like, you have a... You look at preseason football and you go, oh, the teams look like shit. Well, yeah. They're not exactly trying to run a world-beater scheme here. They've got a lot of guys who are not starters who are playing. Yeah. I think it's very different than saying, like, oh, you want a backup who's going to be able to come in and give you a chance if your quarterback goes down. But it's not as if these... There aren't a ton of valuable good backup quarterbacks, period. Yeah. And I don't know what you're doing to make them better by "quote unquote" investing in them. Like Philip Walker looks like a great backup quarterback to me. How much are you, uh,
1: you know, like But he was often on the Colts for like 2 years because of those very same roster games. Sure. You know what I mean and like But he
0: also got a chance to actually play football. So well, let's,
1: I mean, look, the XFL was probably – and, like, you look at Garrett Gilbert, who's currently the backup for the Dallas Cowboys, he started in the AAF. Like, I do think and, – and back in the day – again, this is another subtext – back in the day, there were four preseason games, and teams tried to win more. Back in the 80s, there were six preseason games. And teams played teams within their own division in the preseason right. and played, like, a significant number of – you know, they played players a lot more back then. And, like – that's all fine. Like, I don't actually care. Like, I'm just saying that, like, we shouldn't necessarily say, well, this team's making a humongous mistake by not – it's like, no. A highly paid guy, by the way the rules are constructed, like, if you want to get a guy who's, like, uh, just beneath a starter, you're going to have to pay up. Like, and, and that and that player is going to be, like, that player is going to have the, an effect the on the your best, team. The best that player Money-wise. is going
0: to do for you is be a – average to below average quarterback that's that's the real yeah. point that you're trying to make and that's the key one to to think about which is okay if you go get the best backup quarterback out there what does that mean about your team well that means if your number one guy goes down you're going to be just good enough not just yeah. to, to get a good draft but we even look at like
1: we even look at like the the best in my opinion the best team in football history which is the 89ers right that steve young and they had joe montana and without and and bill walsh Barely kept it together, mm-hmm. right? Because there was it was so difficult for those guys to coexist. Yep. Um, and that and that's like what you get, right? And like Steve Young's a Hall of Famer, and he certainly deserves that that honor. But like you know, they probably like there were people who like preferred Steve Bono to him at one point. Right. Like it, it's just like it to me. It, it's again, it's so inexpensive in the NFL to change course and make young, cheap quarterback de jour your guy. Mm-hmm. And teams that don't want to do that, teams that want to sort of like mess around. And like the other thing is, is like, think about this. It, on the other, total other side of the spectrum, if the let's say the a Vikings or the, or the Detroit Lions or the uh, Los Angeles Rams or somebody with a highly paid quarterback who is not invincible decides they want to bench their quarterback, right? Because that used to happen a lot more often back in the day. You guys used to get benched. Like Montana would get benched for young for ineffective play. You're not doing that, right? You're not benching Kirk Cousins when he's making 25 to 35 million a year. So, like, what's even the point? Like, actually, that's part of like their approach to the quarterback position. I haven't hated it at all, which is they got Sean Mannion to be his backup because he's no threat at all and he's cheap. Like that—that's probably perfectly fine, right? And even like this Kellen Mond thing is going to generate expectations that are probably unfair to Mond. When we started
0: talking about Kellen Mond, that's how you know no. it's time to move uh, onward. Um, let's do some recommendations here. I'm gonna set up the, uh, oh my. the testing oh here, my. and uh, I'll let you go first. with The recommendation.
1: Yeah, it's been a you know as we're as I've talked about a couple times uh, during the week, it's been a um, it's been a long week for us. You know, we're trying to get products to market and stuff. So I have not read much this week. Um, here's what I'll say: at least for the next month, when you don't have. When you when you don't have you know football that counts on, bat you know the NBA is over. Major League Baseball sucks. Hey, Field of Dreams is really WNBA sick. league pass is like sixteen dollars, and the games are worth it. They're fun to bet on, and they only last two hours. That's that's my recommendation for this week. Smart, smart recommendation. Okay,
0: um, so I'm going to recommend one of these here over the other. I bought uh, this is Bottle Rocket. Um, hot sauce. It's what Josh Herms and I recommended. I love hot sauce. And they have three levels. They have hot, hotter, and hottest. They also have a Verde. I got hotter and hottest. Um, I nice. think I should probably start with hotter. Okay. Just to be safe here. That's pretty hot, by the Is way. Is it good? It's very good. So... In my opinion, one of the keys to a really good hot sauce is it has to have good flavor before the heat overpowers. Before it barrels over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I have a pretty high tolerance for hot sauce. Um, this, one of the things I hate is hot sauce that isn't hot. This is not it. Um, it's really good. It's a really, really good hot sauce. So which sauce. one is better? I haven't tried the hottest one yet, okay? So hotter, very good. If you're if you're someone that has um, low
1: tolerance for, for hot sauce, I think this will be very good for you. Wait, that's a backhanded, I feel like that's a backhanded compliment. I feel like that's like a saying. What, look, I, I'm saying it's a very, very good hot sauce. I'm waiting
0: to try the hottest one, okay? I see, I Get see that. what you're saying. Um, am I gonna give it a score? Uh, Yeah, I will give it a score. It's not – I still think that my favorite hot sauce is – which is All Spice Cafe is one that I like a little bit more. Um, This one is very, very good. All Spice Cafe? Yeah, Cayenne Habanero. This is very good. I would say this is like an 8.5 out of 10. It's very good hot sauce. Okay, here we go. The hottest. I think that's
1: hotter. We've well, already been prepped. You had, you need the soda crackers to come yeah. in if you're going to actually be a taste tester here. I had some water. That's that's really
0: good. That's wow. excellent. Um so it, it's it's definitely hotter. It's got a lot more chili flake in it. Okay. Um the the taste is honestly chili flake season. The taste they're basically the 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 taste on the front is the same for both both extraordinarily good from a taste perspective. Okay. A lot of chili flake in both of them. The hottest one certainly going to be very hot for anyone that doesn't have like a high tolerance. I personally like the hotter side of things a little bit better. So I'm going to say the hottest is a little a little better in my opinion. I'm going to go 8 7 on that i feel like this is really high for the first time that i'm but i don't even touch hot sauces unless i think they're really good these are both excellent bottle rocket hot sauce is the uh is the brand you should go check it out like just google it i don't even know what the url is i recommend both of these i'm just eating hot sauce with my fingers at this point that was our podcast that does. that's our podcast we'll be back with you next week love you all peace